This is the Trails Church Podcast. At the Trails Church, our mission is to glorify God by making disciples through the gospel in community and on mission. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website, thetrails.org. Now here's today's podcast. Well, Happy New Year. Woo! Man, this is a little bit different than the 9 o'clock. Let me tell you, I was nervous because nobody got up this morning hardly. It was cold, I know, I was here, but like, man, it was crazy. Uh, hey, if this is your first time here or if you've been here for a couple of months and I haven't had the pleasure of getting to know you yet, my name is Gabe Boyd. I serve as the Director of Trails Sorry, the Director of Family Ministries here at the Trails, uh, but also the Director of Trail Students, which is our ministry to 7th through 12th graders and their families. Uh, and while I have some time up here, before we actually dive into the Word, I just want to let you guys know some of the things that happen at the Trails. Since, since we're all family here, I just want to let you know some of the things that are happening outside of Sundays. Because uh, there are some really wonderful things that are happening uh, in the lives of the students here at the Trails that meet on Wednesdays. Uh, as many of you know, we meet at the Trails campus on Wednesday nights. Uh, if you're not familiar where the Trails campus is, it is our future home. Uh, the sign says so. It's right off of 455, um, just, just west of downtown Salina. All right, we've been meeting there for a year and a half as students, and that place has served us, I mean, like amazingly well. Uh, it has been such a gift from the Lord uh, for us to have that building to just kind of call like our home base. Uh, we have had some just unbelievable just events and just fun things, but God's word has gone out. Uh, friends of friends have come, and like it's just been a really great place for us. But you guys know that um, here in just a little while, like we're going to start construction, so we're losing our home as students, all right? But don't fret, I have good news. Okay, so on January 12th, we will start our spring semester, and we will start in a new home, um, and it's very intentional where we're meeting. We're going to actually start meeting in 229 on the square, which is a little meeting room right across the street from Tinder, right on Walnut, so right downtown Salina, okay? Now, think about this. Nothing screams, Salina, here we are, all right? Then a hundred teenagers gathering on the square in downtown Salina every Wednesday. Amen? Like, let's go. Like, this is unbelievable that we're going to have the privilege of gathering down there uh, and just letting the community know, hey, look at the trails and look at what God is doing in and through our people. Uh, I'm really, really excited. Trails 56 will continue to meet uh, on Wednesday nights as well. That's our ministry for 5th and 6th graders and their families. Uh, they're actually going to meet right off of the square in the Senior Center, which is a room right off of uh, the Salina Public Library. Uh, and so same time, different places, uh, same Jesus going out. All right? I'm super excited. I don't know if you can tell, but I am. Uh, one other thing that's pretty exciting for trail students is that on January 28th and 29th, uh, we're going to have our second discipleship weekend. Now, if you grew up in the church and you were in student ministry, you may be familiar with like Dean Al weekends or things like this. Um, this is the trail students version of that. It's called Discipleship Weekend. The theme this year comes from Acts 17, and it's actually called Upside Down. Uh, we're going to have a completely upside down weekend. And you're like, 
Okay, you're going to have to help me with that. So in Acts 17, we have the story of Paul and Silas who are preaching the gospel and are actually accused um, of turning the world upside down with the message of the gospel. And so me telling you this, here's what I have. I just want to make a few requests. Number one is that would you please join me in praying for our kids? Like, this is a huge weekend in, in the life of our students. Um, pray, for, pray for the students that will be there. Uh, pray for the teaching that will happen. Uh, pray for the lives that will be changed. I'm hoping, here's what I'm actually praying right now, is that our students will invite friends and their friends will invite other friends who will hear the message of the gospel and that their lives will be turned upside down forever. Like, that's what I'm hoping. Not only that, but we're going to be really intentional and strategic with this weekend. And my hope is that we're going to send our kids out whose lives have been turned upside down by the gospel to go out into the community and turn other people's lives upside down for the gospel, just like Paul and Silas did. All right? So, like, please pray. Please pray. As our church family, like, we, we covet your prayers. We need them. Uh, so that Jesus may continue to go uh, through uh, our student ministry out into the community. The second thing that I want to say uh, is that if you have nothing going on January 29th, <clears throat> do you feel the, the ask coming? <laughs> um, I'm going to need some help. Uh, I have uh, a slew of really faithful and unbelievably awesome volunteers uh, that meet with our kids every Wednesday. Uh, they're shepherding and discipling and training and loving and caring for uh, our students. But they're going to need some help that week. Um, really what my ask is this, is that if you've got a couple of hours and a car on January 29th, Saturday, around the lunch hour and maybe a couple of hours afterwards, um, if you would just let me know, hey, I might be interested in driving some teenagers to lunch. Uh, and to some of the different activities. If that's something that you're interested in, or maybe you've been here for a little bit and you haven't really found a place to plug in, and you're like, teenagers kind of scare me, but I think God may be calling me to, to do ministry with them, great. This is a no-strings-attached way for you to jump in and see what Trail Students is all about. See what our kids are like. See what our leaders are like. See what I'm like, all right? Like all the things, and I promise I won't bug you afterwards unless you want me to, okay? Um, but if you're interested or you have a car and you would be available for a couple of hours, uh, if you just let me know after the service or you can call, text, or email me, gabe at thetrails.org, uh, or you can let Julie Grice know. Julie is our family ministries assistant, uh, julie at thetrails.org. Uh, that would be really, really helpful. And again, like uh, nothing happens within our student ministry uh, without your prayerful, prayerful support and service. So enough of that, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm just going to be honest. Um, no one is more excited about this building being built and a new stage being built because I find this podium right here. I know Matt loves this thing, but man, it's very restricting to me. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm kind of a mover. Uh, and so like if I start pacing like... It'll throw the video off if I move it off to the side, but like, just bear with me because I'm trying to like stay in my lane here, okay? Um, I'm doing my best. Uh, but I was thinking about um, the opportunity to preach on the first Sunday of a new year. 
And I started thinking about like some of the ridiculous things that I hear pertaining the new year. Uh, and one of them is a slogan that has been around for years. Uh, and you may have heard it either on television or on the radio. Uh, you may even have seen a, a billboard or a poster of it in your gym window. All right. And the slogan is, New Year, New You. Have you guys seen this? It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And so I actually titled my sermon, New Year, New You. And you have to say it just like that because the question mark is extremely intentional. See, because here's what I believe, is I believe that there's something very odd within our culture uh, that, that hinges around something magical happening when that ball drops at Times Square, or when the fireworks go off in downtown Dallas at midnight, or maybe just when in your own planner you flip from December 31st to a brand new year on January 1st. For some reason, people think that there's something significant that's going to happen on January 1st that is going to completely obliterate all the things that have happened in 2021. What's even more amazing to me is that for a lot of people, they'll make these things called resolutions. Anybody make resolutions? Yeah, nobody in the first service did either. Are we over this? Like, I don't believe it, but some of us did, okay? Uh, some of us have gotten past resolutions because we know they don't work, so we just call them goals now. And, uh, and I'm, not saying, look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with resolutions or goals. I'm a big fan of goals. In fact, I'm going to encourage our students to have goals. Um, I think that goals are maybe a little more specific. But if I'm real honest with you, uh, the studies that I've seen show that less than 10% of people that make resolutions on New Year's actually keep them all year long, all right? So I think somewhere along the line, like all of us have figured out they don't work, okay? Uh, and mainly because they're so vague. Like if I'm just completely honest, I can't think of a single time I've made a resolution that actually worked, okay? Because a lot of it, it's just like, it's like, well, you know what, this year, New Year, new me, I'm going to eat healthy. Okay, like what does that mean? Like, that's the most ridiculous, like today I'm going to eat healthy, like I'm not going to have ice cream after 1030. Yeah, that happens sometimes in my house. But it's just like, I, they don't make sense, these resolutions sometimes. But I, I, I think that there's something so interesting and something so valid for us to think that, man, there's something that we can do in a new year with a clean slate that will somehow make us better in the next year. Here, here's what I'm convinced of, and here's what I'm hoping to portray to you all this morning, is that what we need and what our world and our culture needs is not better versions of the old us. We need to be made brand new, right? Like nobody needs a better version of Gabe in 2021. What they need is a brand new me. They need me to walk in the newness of life. And the good news for us is that Paul is real explicit when he tells us where that newness of life comes from in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm just going to cover this one, this one verse today, but I would encourage you at some point this week, read through the entire chapter. I'll, I'll take a little bit from the entire chapter, but just so you have some context, like it's packed full of truths that I think we need to keep running back to day after day after day this year. So if you're able, I'd love for you to join me in standing at the reading of God's word this morning. We'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. God's word says this to us. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, take notice. The new has come. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the true word of our God, it will stand forever. You guys can be seated. So one thing that I just kind of want you to think through as, uh, as we talk this morning and just have a conversation about this particular verse, I, I just want to help shape our time a little bit with this question and and, and for some of us, this may be fairly convicting, and for some, it may be an encouragement to, uh, to listen a little more in depth this morning. The question I have for us is, in what areas of your life have you been satisfied in simply making the old better, or cleaning up the old you, instead of living as though you've been made brand new? Let me ask you again. In what areas of your life have you been satisfied in simply making the old better instead of living as though you've been made brand new? You see, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul tells us that we have, in fact, if we are in Christ, we have been given a brand new nature. A brand new nature. That this word, a new creation is actually translated a brand new creature. It's like something completely different has showed up on the scene, that as soon as we have experienced salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, then we have become brand new creatures. It's it's this transformation that has happened, right? This transformation, God would say that he would take a heart of stone and now give you a heart of flesh. It's a complete renewal of everything that you thought once was. You've been made brand new. And the crazy part is, is that for so many of us, especially around this time of year, we want to try to find newness of life. We want to say, new year, new me. And so what do we do? We say, well, if only I would, if only I would save a little more money this year. That, that would set me on a new course for, for maybe a new retirement. Or maybe if I just shed a few pounds, I, I would be a little healthier and I'd be a little more active with my kids. Or maybe if I just disconnected from my technology a little more, then maybe I could really focus in on things that really matter. And listen, I'm not saying those things are bad. I think you should do all of those things. But none of those things will bring you newness of life. Not one of those things can bring you newness of life. They cannot take the old and make it brand new. They can just make it a little better. And you say, but wait a minute, Gabe. So you're telling me that the only way for me to experience newness of life is in Jesus? Yeah, this is exactly what I'm saying. Do you know how I know? Because my daughter Paisley told me when she was four years old. So um, when Paisley was four, if you don't know Paisley, she's my eight-year-old. Um, when she was four years old, uh, she was memorizing a Bible verse at school, and uh, she came home because she'd finally memorized it, and she was so excited, so she came home, and she started reciting it over and over and over and over and over and over again. So just like any good parent, I was like, this is amazing. I've got to record this. And so I recorded it, and and here's just my disclaimer to you is that... uh, Please don't email me or call or text me um, or throw things at me when you cannot get this little kid's voice out of your head, okay? 
uh, I, this is actually done intentionally and for a reason, because if you leave here with nothing else today, I hope it's a, a vision of Paisley and her little Minnie Mouse voice quoting for you John 14, 6. Because this is how we know that it's only in Christ that we can find newness of life. Watch this video. Good job. So, of course, like, with four girls, like if one of them's doing something special and being videoed, the other one's like, well, I want to say it now too, right? The video of me. But, man, is that, I mean, look, <laughs> he's the only way. It, what I love is that, like, in John 14, 6, this is Jesus telling people, I'm the only way. Like, if you want to experience salvation and newness of life, Jesus, I am the only way, he tells us. The only way to the Father is directly through Jesus. And that once that happens for us, once we've experienced this newness of life, man, then the world opens up to a whole new realm of realities for us. I have five realities that I just want to remind you of. There's one thing within um, student ministry culture that, that I struggle with, and I'll just tell you this, is that somewhere within student ministry culture, there's this phenomenon of always trying to say something new. Like you've got to be some, the person that says it a new way or, or, say, or have a new spin on things in order to grab teenagers' attention. And what I've been reminded of uh, just over and over in the past years is that I don't need to say anything new. What I have to say is something that's true. Like, that's the only thing I've got to keep portraying and keep putting in front of our students are true things from God's Word. And, and so, again, I'm not going to tell you anything new today for a lot of you, but do know that this is, may not be new news to you, but it is true news to you this morning. There are five realities that are true about you being a new creation. The first one is this is that you are now no longer a child of God's wrath. In Ephesians 2, Paul would tell us that because of our sin nature, we were born separated from God. And that because we've been born separated from God, we are now under his wrath. But if you are in Christ Jesus, if you've been made a new creation, you are no longer under his wrath, but you are now hemmed in together with an inseparable love. From the Father. Paul tells us in Romans 8 38 and 39, he says this For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, not things present nor things to come, not powers, not height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Here it is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, that if you are in Christ, you are no longer under his wrath, but you are wrapped in his love. And nobody can take it from you. None of these things that Paul listed will separate that love from you. This is your reality if you are a new creation in Christ. But it gets better. Russ already, in case you missed it, Russ did a really great job of outlining my next two points for me. But, but he said this, he said, that we are actually no longer having to live with the guilt of our sins of the past. 
This is a new reality that if you are in Christ, you no longer live in the guilt of the sins of the past, but you are now forgiven and redeemed. Ephesians 1.7 says that in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. It says in the Psalms that God has actually removed our sins from us as far as the east is to the west. In Hebrews 8, it says that God has forgotten our sins. This is all, pa- all possible because not only are we not guilty anymore, but we no longer walk with the shame of the guilt. Because we've actually been justified and covered now in Christ's righteousness. This is not a righteousness of our own. But instead, we've been justified and covered in Christ's righteousness. This only happens for new creations that are in Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul concludes the chapter that we're currently in with this notion right here. That for our sake, that's you and me that are in Christ, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. This is the greatest exchange ever made. Where Christ's perfect righteousness was imputed into us, filthy sinners. That we are now, as Isaiah would say, clothed in his righteousness. That when the Father looks at us, he looks at us just as if we'd never sinned, but also just as if we'd always obeyed. That Christ's perfection in his life is now imputed into us. That God doesn't doesn't just see us as forgiven, but completely redeemed. As though we've never committed a single sin. All because of the life of Christ that he now lives in us. These are the realities for us. Shocking. The fourth one is that we are no longer spiritual orphans. But we are now adopted and called sons and daughters of God Most High. Galatians 3.26 says that for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. I, like, I love this because I love my family. Uh, I love my extended family. But man, there's something so special about being a part of the family of God. Like, I mean, like, I just look at you guys, and I'm like, man, my fam. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not only grafted into God's family, but now I'm a part of something so much bigger. Like, brothers and sisters all throughout this room. Not only that, but across the street and down the road in other cities. Like, we're joining forces with a much larger family of believers that are all in Christ. We just prayed for brothers and sisters that are on the other side of the globe who are in Christ, who have been adopted into the same family as us. It's just this beautiful picture, man, that we're never in this thing alone. No matter what 2022 throws at us, guess what? We're not in it alone. We've always got people on our side. We've got family on our side. The fifth and final point that I want to make as far as the realities that we should now live in is that we no longer have to fear death. Because we've been promised eternal life in Christ. Listen, 
no matter what 2019, 20, and 21 threw at us, no matter what 2022 wants to throw at us, we don't have to fear it. We don't, we, we don't run scared. We don't live scared. We don't fear death. We keep our eyes fixed on the eternal. This is what Paul talks about earlier in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. He says that, man, while I'm in this tent, man, there's all these calamities. Like, things are going to happen to this tent. Like, your bodies are going to break down. Your mind is going to go. There's going to be circumstances that you can't control that are going to happen in your life. But guess what? I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on the eternal. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on the heavenly places that have been promised to me. That's where my eyes are set. I'm not going to let these things distract me. I'm going to keep doing the will of God, and I'm going to keep looking to the future, the future that's been promised and guaranteed for me. This is the reality that Paul lived in. This is the reality that's true for you and I. That no matter what happens in 2022, we look to the eternal, and we bank on the promises of God that he has promised us life eternal. Romans 6.23 says that for the wages of sin was death, But the free gift of God is eternal life. Here it is, in Christ Jesus our Lord. That if you are in Christ, all these realities are yours. They're mine. So, three weeks ago, my dad comes down and he says, Hey, Gabe, um, I want to take... Your girl's shopping for Christmas. And I was like, oh, Lord. What does that mean? And he goes, "Um, well, I want to buy them all new shoes. And I was like, okay, fantastic. Simple enough. Except that I have four girls uh, ranging in ages from 14 to 5. So you can imagine, like, I've got got some in women's shoes and kids' shoes and toddlers. Like, it's a mess. And he's like, but let's, let's let's all of us go to the shoe shoe store. And I was like, okay, this is going to be great. Right around Christmas, even better. So we show up to the shoe store and um, like you can just imagine, there's three of us adults, there's four kids. As soon as we get there, it's just like, like they just go. And I'm like, awesome. And so I'm just like, this has got my OCD, like just not, like I'm just, this is not my jam here. So I'm just like, how do I how do I be okay in this moment and just enjoy this time? And so <laughs> I go find my oldest. I'm like, show me the, the least drama, okay? So um, just go find my oldest. I'm like, I'm just going to make sure that she's got what she wants. We're staying under budget. Like, make sure they fit, all these things, right? And so um, I'm over there, and I'm helping Berkeley, like, find some shoes and, like, trying to find the right sizes and all this stuff. And, uh, and out of the corner of my eye, like, back here in my peripheral, like, I see just kind of like this flash, back and forth like this, and I'm like, hmm. and then pretty soon I can see like, this way, and I'm like, somebody's kid is running all over this store, like not making a ruckus, not going crazy, like, but just running, and it's just this constant motion of up and down, and and I was like, will somebody please grab their child, like there's a lot of people in this store, somebody grab your child, and so I'm helping Berkeley, and then pretty soon this kid runs like right in front of me right here and I notice it's a little blonde haired girl who turns and runs right towards me and it's one of mine and I'm like fantastic why are you running and Charlie my five-year-old runs up to me and she stops and she looks me dead square in the eye and she says dad 
Look at my new shoes. She's so excited. See, what happened was Charlie walked into this shoe store with old shoes on. And somewhere along the way, she put these brand new shoes on. And when she did, she couldn't contain herself. She had to see everything that these new shoes were going to offer her. They gave her little legs brand new life. There was a new like enthusiasm and zeal, and, and it was invigorating, and she wanted to experience all that these new shoes had to offer her. She couldn't wait to test them out. Man, isn't that the exact message that we should hear from 2 Corinthians 5.17? That with a newness of life, it should create in us a zeal that we cannot contain. We want to see and experience all that it has to offer us. Like, this is what he means. When the old is passed away, the old shoes are gone. The new shoes are here. The newness of life has come. Go experience everything that I've got for you now. This is what Paul talks about in verses 18 through 20 of 2 Corinthians 5. When he talks about this reconciliation that you've been given. He says that you've been given a ministry of reconciliation. He's saying that you, those of you that are in Christ, that you've been reconciled to God. That means that sinners that have been separated from a holy God, that Christ has now reconciled that relationship. And that because of that reconciliation that's happened, you now have a new ministry and a new message of reconciliation. And you know what you do with that? You wear this new title as ambassador, representative of the king of kings, lord of lords, and you go and you share that message of reconciliation to tell the world that Jesus can do the same thing for them that he's done for you. That's exactly what Paul wants you to do with your newness of life. That's exactly what I want you to do in 2022. Live as a new creation, experiencing everything that the Lord has for you with a new zeal and invigoration to go, to go and turn the world upside down for Jesus. I've been praying this week for, for really just like this time right here and, and trying to figure out, okay, so like it, if this is not true, if there's nothing significant about a new year and a new me that it all rests and hinges on the fact that Jesus died for me. Um, like, how, how do I charge? What, what do I say? To, to, to conclude the time, I just want to make two observations. Is that Number one, uh, some of you are here today, um, which I'm going to applaud you in sticking to your New Year's resolution of coming to church more. Um, it's cold today. You were put to the test right out of the gate. Way to go. Um, and then some of you are here, uh, and, and this new life in Christ, you simply haven't experienced it yet. And I just want to tell you, um, you can experience it today. Um, that, that whatever resolution you made, even if it was coming to church more, that will not bring you newness of life. Only Jesus can. And that if you have questions about how to experience this newness of life or how to be in Christ, how to receive salvation from him for the forgiveness of your sins, then just do me a favor. Before you leave, 
look to somebody to your right or left or front or behind you, right where you're sitting, and just ask them about their ministry of reconciliation. Ask them to tell you their story of how God reconciled them. Because anybody that's in Christ has that story. I mean, I'm happy to talk to you about mine, but anybody in this room can do the exact same thing that I can do. I pray that you wouldn't let another Sunday go by without experiencing the newness of life that comes from Christ. And if you're a believer, my charge to you is really simple. I pray that you would use this year to have a new perspective of your new nature in Christ with your eyes set to fulfill a new mission to live for God's glory and his alone. That instead of a new year and a new you, that it would be a new you and a new year to live it out. That's my hope for you all. And so I, I would just like to take 10 to 20 seconds of your time to allow you just to pray individually. And here's what I would encourage you to do is with that time, just thank God that he's made you brand new. If you are in Christ, thank him for the realities that are true, that you are hemmed in by his love, forgiven by his grace, justified by, through faith. Like, just thank him for these things. And then ask him that he would just make it really clear what his will for you would be this coming year, that you might walk in it, that you might run in it. And then I'll close this in prayer, and then we'll take communion and sing our closing song. But, man, I'm so glad you guys came here this morning and braved the cold. And I pray that this message of newness of life is encouraging to you. And I hope you remember that while it may not be new news, it is true news. Because it is straight from God's word. You guys pray with me. Father, newness of life, <laughs> it just seems like something so unbelievable. Uh, that, that you would love us so much that you wouldn't settle for simply uh, refurbished us, but that you have made a way for us to be made brand new. Father, would you help us this year, starting right now, today, before we leave this place, for those of us, for those that may not know who you are, that may not be in Christ yet, God, I pray that you would call them to yourself, that they would hear the message of reconciliation, of what Jesus has done on their behalf, that they may experience a life that they could never dream of, and a promise of eternal life with you. And God, I pray for those of us that know you and that are in you. Father, would you, would you light our hearts on fire to live in newness of life each and every day? Help us to wake up and be reminded of the truths that are ours because of Jesus. May they be true of how we live 
and walk in 2022. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from The Trails Church. We hope you have been encouraged, equipped, and edified by time spent together in God's Word. And again, if you'd like to find out more about The Trails Church, visit our website, thetrails.org. 